Hi, everybody. Welcome to Agents of Change. I'm Nancy Brimhall, and my co-host is Ed Lynn. Hi. He's usually not that quiet. <laughs> In this series, <laughs> we've enjoyed talking with exceptional individuals who are changing things up. We're curious about what is motivating them to change the world, sometimes in a way that we didn't even realize we needed. Because Ed and I are from long careers in the nonprofit world, we believe that change comes from within people who then drive organizations and industries that are ripe for new ideas. We hope that you find what you hear about their journey as fascinating as we always do, and that it will inspire you as well. In this week's episode, we will introduce you to Lindsay Dawn, an artist whose most recent exhibition, Lawless Reflections, was sold out and introduced her to an expanding audience of collectors and, of course, increased her public recognition. Healing originally from Canada, she made a name for herself with her portrait work, some of which can be found in the homes of LeBron James, Kylie Jenner, Carmelo Anthony, and many others but is recently focused on a style all her own. And her new world, her new work in this world is making waves. So, Lindsay, let's just begin. Um, did you always know that you are going to be an artist? I'm always fascinated by the journey that starts people off. Um, yeah, honestly. When I was a kid, it was, like, the only thing that ever really, like, interested me, I guess. Um, I think I started painting when I was probably like is old enough to hold a paintbrush or not even I guess maybe with like finger paint but um yeah art is honestly painting is like my earliest memory so that's something that I guess my entire life is the only thing that really made sense um yeah there's definitely been like times along the way where I've been like maybe I should do something different or you know you have like that outer chatter that's like oh, you can't become an artist, you can't be successful as an artist, and especially being from, like, a small town in Canada, it was kind of, like, unrealistic, but as I got older, I kind of just realized that if I wanted to do it, I could find a way, so. Were you taking art classes then in, you know, extracurricular? Was your mom or dad taking you to art things when you were young, or did you take art in high school and you began to be known for that as the art kid in high school? Yeah, honestly, like, when I was younger and stuff, my parents just kind of let me, like, explore creatively, like, at home. Like, I definitely, like, any, like, type of of creative outlet that I wanted to, to do, my parents made work, as long as it was, like, under a certain budget, obviously, but... <laughs> um, but yeah, and then in um, middle school, I was really good at painting. I had a really good art teacher in middle school. Um, she like kind of helped push me in in the direction of art. I guess she was like one of those the first people who was like, "You can make a career out of this." And um, I think I sold my first painting when I was in like eighth grade to my um, vice principal at my school yeah. for like twenty five dollars or something. Um, and then when I got to high school. Um, art was like really the only class that I really went to. Um, <laughs> I used to skip school a lot and the only, I would like skip everything except my art class. And then I used to get in trouble. Like my principal at my school used to be like, if you don't start coming to school, we're going to expel you. And so my like making up for that was just going to art class every day. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. So everybody kind of always knew, knew me as like the art girl, but it makes me laugh because I think of something I read once about Steven Spielberg, where he said the thing that really allowed him to be as creative as, as he clearly has become is that his mother let him do absolutely anything at home. Yeah. And, 
you know, that was really his inspiration is to feel that, you know, a parent or parents really encouraged him in ways in which some of us go, oh, I wonder how tough we've been on our kids and, you know, nieces and nephews for me anyway, um, in terms of, you know, not really letting them get out and kind of find their own way. So um, it's interesting to hear that, you know, your your parents really kind of encouraged and allowed that to happen. Yeah. It was like, so. l- literally, I don't really remember much about my childhood beyond painting or like drawing like I always had my mom probably kept everything so at my parents house it's probably like good mom (laughs) yeah they they, my dad probably now has like literally everything I've ever done and uh yeah which is cool so one day I'll go look at that stuff but (laughs) but yeah it's funny I can't imagine like what I would be like if my parents didn't let me you know like explore creatively because it was kind of like That'd be like if a kid was like, mm-hmm. I really love to play sports. And then your parents are like, no, you can't play sports. Yeah. And it happens. Yeah, yeah and it does happen. Yeah. So. Are your parents artists themselves? Do they? Um, hmm. No, my dad is a um, civil engineer mm-hmm. and my mom was a, an accountant. Mm-hmm. But they, my, my mom was like creative on a, like in different ways. Like she used to like cook and that was like her creative way I guess was cooking and she used to like literally make everything and then um she was really into fashion and stuff but my dad is like a little bit more I think maybe maybe creative but I don't Uh think there was really any artists in my family I know like maybe one of my grandfathers was like to draw but like Mm. I'm definitely the first one that's like making making a way for myself as an artist so which is your extended family sort of treat you I mean um I'm always kind of curious did um cousins ask you to make the birthday invitations you know were were you the go-to person or did you feel maybe isolated from the extended family um I didn't really like like I have a a pretty I don't want to say like big family but I do and I'm not I'm just like we were never really that close with with Mm -hmm. our like extended family because my most of my family lives in um on the east coast in canada mm-hmm. like literally everyone and um me my family and um like a couple of my dad's other brothers and sisters moved to like either the midwest or the west coast or yeah midwest or west coast but i wasn't really that close with my my um my extended family growing up i had like my one cousin her um her and my other cousin they had kids and like we were I was really close with them but they were all I was like babysitting them when I was mm-hmm. like 12 but um yeah I wasn't really that close with my extended family but with, in terms of my like friends and stuff like I was definitely always the friend there that people were like oh can you do this can you do this or if it was like a group project we had to like do something creative for it was like Lindsay, Lindsay. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's so. what I was wondering about you were yeah. the go-to person for sure yeah um Did you ever get into performing arts or was it always a visual experience for you? Yeah, definitely just visual. I think I took drama class in like eighth grade, but it was just never my thing Mm because I'm actually really shy. So that definitely was never like an avenue for me. Um, However, now in life, like one of my goals one day is to act act in something. (laughs) So whether it's like like performance art Mm -hmm. um, or... 
I don't know, just anything. I want to be in a movie one day or like make a movie or something. But yeah, definitely was never into performing arts as a kid. <laughs> Do you think that your your art really allowed you then if you were a shy child to maybe express yourself in a way in which you weren't able to verbally? Or Yeah, when I got comfortable um, like actually showing people my work, mm -hmm. then that definitely helped in terms of like my self-expression and stuff. But even now, like I'm just, I'm still really shy. Contrary to popular belief, I would imagine some people probably don't think I am, but, <laughs> but I am shy. And it's just like, once I get to know people, I like don't shut up. But, um, <laughs> but definitely, uh, I think that art in general helps people like expand on different areas I guess if they, you know, if you if you don't feel comfortable like expressing yourself verbally, I think art is a really good avenue for like literally anybody. Like one of my goals in life one day is to open a facility to um, like teach art therapy to autistic kids. Hmm. Yeah. Fascinating. That's a goal of mine because I think yeah. it's like a good way for people to express themselves and and um, I don't know even get to know yourself a little bit better mm -hmm. once you kind of break past that like. I know a lot of people are like ashamed of or like sh too shy to like put out the work that they make and stuff. But once you kind of get past that hump and realize that like literally anything is art and there's no rules in art. So well, I was going to ask you, I mean, going back to your first sale of your artwork to your vice principal, is that mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, what was that experience like? That must be totally validating. I mean, to have something that you've made and somebody values it to the point where they want to acquire it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I always knew I was really good at painting. Really? Yeah. Like, oh, I love that. <laughs> I really did. I had a, I had like a lot of confidence yeah. in terms of like my paintings and stuff. And then, um, but I remember like this specific painting, it was like of a, of like Mind you, I grew up in like a very small town in the middle of nowhere. Uh -huh. So the uh, picture that I painted was, um, of, it was of a tractor in a field, uh -huh. <laughs> which is funny. <laughs> but um, yeah, and my my um, uh, art teacher in junior high, she helped me do it. Like when I would get like confused with stuff, she like basically just taught me how to paint like through this one painting. And then uh -huh. after when when um, my vice principal bought it, I was like. Yep, I'm gonna be a famous artist one day. This is the start. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. In in junior high though, I wanted to be a, a pharmacist. Like that was like, I want to be a pharmacist. I have no idea why, and literally cannot imagine myself in a pharmacy putting pills in a bottle. Have no clue. I wanted to be a forensic scientist for a while. There was like a lot of different things where I was like, I want to do this, but I think subconsciously I always knew that I wanted to be an artist so well I think that's fascinating because I mean you strike me as somebody who has a lot of interests and um, you were saying that you there are a lot of things you wanted to do and so how mm -hmm. is it that you found yourself I mean to have that kind of confidence at a young age to yeah. know it's like I'm really good at painting this is and this is what I'm gonna do I think mm -hmm. that's unusual yeah you know I don't know if it was like people like my mom used to tell me that I was really uh, good at painting all the time so I don't mm -hmm. know if it was like my mom filling me with with confidence as you know most parents do but mm -hmm. um or I would hope they do. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I don't know if it was, like, a combination of her being, like, wow, this is really good, and, like, all my friends being, like, this is good, mm -hmm. and my my art teacher in junior high being, like, you're really good at painting, or if it was just, like, my innate, like, I'm a good painter, you know, so. Well, I imagine it's both. I mean, yeah. I think, you know, that kind of encouragement from adults when you're young, super mm -hmm. important, right? Yeah. yeah. 
Have you stayed in contact with your vice principal or your art teacher, actually? Um, yeah, with my art teacher from junior high, I definitely do. Yeah. Um, yeah, me and her were really, were really close when I was in school. She was also the counselor at my school, too. Ah. So she was like, she's like one of those people from, from my, my childhood that I think I'll always stay in contact with. Um, yeah, she helped me a lot with a lot of things. So, you know, I, um, I don't want to change the subject, but it's related. I, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, wow, I don't think you know this about me, but I used to run a prison art project in Massachusetts. Yeah, and I, I watched the transition that happened from men and women who are in the program uh, around their self-identity. Mm-hmm. A lot of these um, individuals had very negative childhood experiences in foster care or you know, just disregarded on many levels. Mm-hmm. And um, some were dealing with emotional and psychological issues or just learning disabilities. A lot of them had learning disabilities, couldn't Mm -hmm. read. And when they were able to express themselves in this way, it was like the the real person began to emerge. Mm -hmm. And you could see it. They could finally have a conversation with somebody in a really positive way Mm -hmm. rather than years of negative tension. So it's like... that's the thing that really struck me about art is it's so transformative. You really do learn something about yourself and you can then share it with the world. Yeah. Um, So one of the things that I certainly see in your work now, but before we talk about that, we really, I guess I'm kind of curious, what what started you off creating these exquisite portraits, some of your recent ones I've seen, but what, what got you thinking this is the way I want to express my um, <laughs> So I, in high school, like literally ever since I was probably like, like 14, 15 years old, I always painted bodies, like female bodies. So that started really young. And then I kind of like, I guess, I don't want to say I mastered like shading and stuff like that, but it definitely was like, I think kind of set me up to be, good at portraits however I didn't even think that I could paint portraits it was like something that was like no I could never do that and I don't know if I ever really wanted to because I kind of like like excuse me free expression a little bit more personally from for myself I like I love looking at portraits but for my own like personal expression portraits weren't really something that I felt was like freely expressive but um I actually when I did the um, Malcolm X painting for um, Carmelo Anthony, that was like the first portrait that I ever did. And he had told me like, paint me the best best painting you've ever made. I, I want the, the best thing you've ever done. So, and, and kind of gave me like freedom in terms of like what I wanted to do. Um, and I ended up, I knew he had a, had a huge interest in, um, in Malcolm X and, and um, other people like Malcolm X. So I was like, you know what? Let me just paint him Malcolm X. I'll just try it. So I primed this like five by eight foot canvas and was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And then (laughs) I worked on it for like a month and it ended up coming out so crazy that I was like, I didn't even know I could paint portraits. So that was like kind of the start of it. And it's funny because after that, I was like, it was like fun to me because it was something that I didn't know I could do. So I was like, let me just keep doing this. And then, um, yeah, once I started painting portraits, it was just like very easy for me to, 
I guess like sell things opposed to other other artwork that I was making. So, I mean, everybody has to pay their bills some way. So <laughs> I definitely like stuck to painting portraits, I think, because it was like what made sense for me at the time. Um, and then I just got really good at it and then I got bored. So, <laughs> but that's, that's kind of how I am with a lot of things in life. Like I'll try a new skill and then like I'll master that skill and I just get bored. Uh-huh. And then I just have to find a new skill to like keep me interested in stuff. Not that I don't, I don't, I don't really enjoy painting portraits as much as I did before. I don't know if it's cause I did it for like three years and it was like not really where my heart was. It was kind of just like mm. what made sense for that time. Um, but I'm very thankful because my portraits is kind of what gained my like notoriety, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, Lindsay, that's the first I'm looking at, I think, is that, that's your first yeah. attempt at a portrait? Yeah. That's unbelievable. Folks, you can't Ever. see this, but I'm looking at it right now and it's <laughs> unbelievable. So. Yeah. It's, yeah, that one's the, I made prints of that one because it was like, like a monumental piece for me because I was like, yeah. not only did this piece go to somebody who is, who is very influential himself and, yeah. you know, has made an impact in the world in so many different ways. So that like held a special place in my heart. And then on top of that, it was like a challenge. I, I literally, I, I think I like, originally had just like had the intention I'm just gonna paint Malcolm X and then if it didn't look good at the end mm-hmm. I was gonna do something else but <laughs> then after I did it I was like what the <laughs> okay um yeah but after I was like amazed by myself I guess yeah. so um but yeah what an experience to discover that you have talent and I mean is pointing painting uh portraits is that different from painting tractors <laughs> Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I like, you know what I really love about painting portraits is like learning like angles and stuff of of people's faces. So it's, it's really interesting to me and interesting to me because even when I like look at people in general, I don't really like, I don't know if I really like see the world the same way as everybody else Mm -hmm. does. I think everybody obviously like based on perspective sees everything differently, but Mm -hmm. the way that I look at people in general is usually by like in terms of shapes on their face opposed to just looking at their face as a whole. So it was interesting when I started painting portraits, that's how I I attack portraits is like by shapes in the face and like different sections. So it was, it's a lot of fun to paint portraits. I just think that, um, for me, like creatively, I could express myself more with abstract and, and contemporary art. And that's what made you decide to sort of abandon that part and move on. Yeah. And I still do paint portraits. Like Mm -hmm. if it's for like friends or family members or something like that, like somebody's like, oh, I want this for this person's birthday. Like I'll probably make the exception if I have time. Um, Or if it's like something I really want to do, like my mom passed away last year. So I want to paint a portrait of my mom Mm -hmm. so I can give to my dad and stuff. So that's something Mm -hmm. I think in terms of portrait work, I'll probably always like keep up with it because I don't want to like lose the skill. I don't sure. know if that's possible, but, yeah. um, cause I think it's like riding a bike sometimes, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, I don't want to lose the skill, but I definitely, I don't care for it as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. And so what is it about abstract painting that fills that need that you weren't getting before? Um, how do I explain this? It's like, <laughs> it's like having like, it's something to me about a, a blank canvas that is just like extremely fulfilling because I get to choose what part of myself I want to express on the canvas at that time or like what something that's like relevant in in my life at the time or just like in the world 
that I want to express and maybe I can't put into words. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. It's just like, it's like magic. <laughs> yeah. Like I just, you know, and I think it's cool too, because with abstract art, I don't ever really have like a, an idea of what it's going to look like at the end. So it's, I think it keeps me engaged that way. Cause it's like, I don't have expectations for myself or anything either. I just, I just want to make something that speaks to myself and to people and it's freeing, I think. Mm-hmm. So you said it's like magic. I, that's really struck me. Do, do yeah. you have that sense every time you work that there's some, you know, for some, some people, their work is very intentional. They know what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then I think there's other types of work uh, where it's, it's you're sort of like channeling something where you're discovering. Do you, do you find yourself more in that, that mode? That it, it, um, I always start with, not always, so I sometimes start with an intention. Like, mm-hmm. for example, this um, show that I just did, mm-hmm. I had an intention for every piece that I was doing, which was new to me. And it was, it was something that I think helped a lot. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when I, when I start, I literally just have no intention. I'm just trying to like get something out of me that I don't even know what it is. Oh. And then, um, yeah, like I think I just channel different parts of myself and like different things and get it on a canvas. So it feels like, like magic. <laughs> <laughs> So, but it's always with intention. Like I, I try to do everything in life that I do, like either with mindfulness or with intention. So there's always an intent behind something. Sometimes I don't know what it is at first, but uh-huh. I'll develop an intention while I'm painting. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it really is both. Yeah. yeah. It's a combination. Yeah. So you mentioned, and I obviously know because I know you, um, that your mother passed away mm-hmm. over a year ago now. Yeah. And, um, for our audience who can't see your beautiful work, um, I'm struck by how much it has, for me, it, it feels like messages. And then I know you were adding um, envelopes. Yeah. So tell us about that, if you're comfortable talking about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so another thing that kind of helped me transition like out of doing um, portrait work into um, doing more contemporary work was my mom, because I think it, gave me an outlet after she passed to kind of like deal with my emotions and stuff and a way to connect with her. So, um, yeah, like I think that all of my pieces are kind of, I I think everything in my, every one of my paintings, some there's messages in everything, like every little detail and stuff that's in there, like there's a message behind what it is there for. And that's where I think the intention comes in. So, Ever since my mom passed away, it's been very helpful, I guess, for me to paint because, especially paint abstract, because it's just like keeps my mind. It gives me an opportunity to kind of like explore myself and emulate her in certain areas. Um, and then in my pieces, for those of you who haven't seen, I there's writing in a lot of the backgrounds of my work. Um sometimes you can't read it. Sometimes you can, like if you can read it, it's intentional. Cause I want you to be able to read it. But nine, nine times out of 10, I don't even want people to know what it says. Cause I don't really know what it says sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is usually like something that it's like a connection to my mom that I have. Cause it's like things that I either remember her saying to me in my life or like, like not to get spooky on people, but like <laughs> if I like hear my mom saying something to me, cause that's something I don't know if like, anybody who's listening has lost a parent or anything like that, but, or anyone close to them. But I feel like if you're open to certain things, like I hear my mom talking to me. So when I'm painting, I'll write things that I hear her saying. And, um, 
Yeah, it definitely like keeps me close to her. I feel like my my connection to my mom is stronger when I paint. Mm-hmm. So it it helps a lot. Um and then the envelopes, I started adding in my pieces um about a year ago, maybe like a little over a year now. And that was I I don't remember like exactly what made me grab an envelope and glue it on my painting but I think I was trying to cover something up that I didn't like and then (laughs) I was like I can't paint I don't want to paint over this so I'm gonna put an envelope over it (laughs) and then um (laughs) that's hilarious yeah and then it and then it became a way for me to kind of like put things in an envelope on my painting that that had to do with my with the piece um that I kind of wanted to either like remove from my mind or just like something that was like very sentimental to me. Mm-hmm. Um, like sometimes I'll like rip a piece out of my rip a, a piece of paper out of my journal and like fold it up and put it in there. And um, yeah, so it became a way for me to kind of like put my secrets out there without like remove them from from my subconscious mind and put them in something physical that's like getting rid of it, kind of. So that's beautiful. Yeah, um, we've talked about your your transition away from a little bit of portrait work. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, people will have to uh, really look at your work from the links we'll tell you about uh, when we wind down here. But um, you also do a lot of um, portrait work in your abstract mm-hmm. so that you have um, a canvas that's only got messaging, sometimes envelopes, but um, it's also got bodies particularly a female form Mm -hmm. so tell us what is in your mind behind that because it's a fascinating for me transition that you're going through and you're so young you're only 25 right Mm -hmm. so I remember when I was 25 you know my body my brain you know how was it all going to come together so um share that with us what what's that about for you um well like I said I've been painting female bodies since I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it became kind of like an, I don't, I don't know if I want to say, I don't know how to explain this, but <laughs> basically like I've, in terms of like body image and stuff mm-hmm. like that, I've always been like, even as a kid, I was always like super insecure. Um, suffer from like eating disorders and stuff like that in high school. And so I think it became a way for me to kind of like express myself and like I guess come to terms with my own body and like um I think that now because before I was doing portrait work I still was painting the female form and then I kind of like transitioned out of that and then back into painting the female form in my work and for me now it stands as a symbol of power and beauty and creation because I feel like women are literally the most tangible symbol of creation like we literally create human beings in our bodies which is insane um (laughs) so and I feel like having an opportunity to change the perspective of um like how society views the female body especially the nude female body Mm -hmm. is important especially as an artist I feel like using my voice to kind of um bring light to that is is important because if you can look at my painting and you see a female body and you're like wow this is beautiful it's it's elegant it's this it's that but then you look at a naked woman and you're like it's sexualized you know Mm -hmm. so I think bringing the attention away from from 
the female body being sexualized to being art is important, especially in these times. So, Who's your, um, you know, thinking, I guess, well, I was going to say contemporary, but I guess it doesn't matter. Um, what, what artists do you feel inspired by? Who, who comes to mind? Um, I, I feel inspired by, by a lot of artists, um, like visual and like musicians. Um, so my favorite right now female artist is Tracy Emin. She's been my favorite artist for a really long time. Um, she does uh, contemporary work. And in her pieces, she also kind of has like the female form in a lot of them. And mm -hmm. a lot of the work that she does is just like based around like the human experience as a woman. Um, so that is something that really inspired me um, about her. And then Madonna is one of my biggest inspirations. And then I get I get inspired by people just in general. It's so like David Bowie. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but David Bowie was actually a painter too. Um, yeah, I, yeah I, love, I did know that. Yeah. yeah, like I love, I love like I'll find somebody that I'm inspired by and then I want to learn their entire life. Like I probably watch every interview Madonna's ever done. I probably watch every interview that Lenny Kravitz has ever done. Mm -hmm. And just people who are like super freely expressive. I've definitely watched every interview that um, Tracy Emin has done and like Basquiat, Andy Warhol. Mm -hmm. Um, Yayoi Kusama is also another big inspiration because I think her mind, it's, it's the mind of artists that I, I get inspired by and, and interested in, I think, because they're also different, but it's, it's also like a lot of them are the same in, in different ways, which is cool. So what's different about the artist's mind? How, how is an artist's mind different from normal folk? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, I feel like I don't like to. <laughs> to tap to like <laughs> talk about this too much because I feel like I don't I don't really know how to explain it but you know like everybody says all artists are crazy <laughs> and I think that everyone else is crazy and artists are normal so <laughs> I don't really know like I just feel like artists are more like I'm gonna get like scrutinized for saying this but I feel like mm -hmm. artists are like more sensitive to certain things um and just like perceive life differently. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. I'm, yeah. I have always thought that uh, good art, I mean, are, 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 it's done by people who are who definitely have a different perspective on life mm -hmm. and process information differently. Yeah, and that's a good thing. Very much so. I yeah. noticed that with a lot of like like analytical thinkers, where I'm like, oh god, we're not the same. <laughs> 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 Which is great, and I think that it's like, I think it's cool. It's something that's like it's what makes artists interesting, you know, is like how they see the world. And I think that's what people become like fans of is not only the art, but also artist. Mm -hmm. so. I think of it, I guess, is sort of fluid versus linear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I have some linear people in my family and I'm a little on the fluid side and, you know, there's a lot of mis places for misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. Um, I do find myself, I guess, also interested in art because I recognize the process that it has to be fluid in order to yeah. keep the mind open, and it just feels more um, interesting. You know, one can keep learning new things. Yeah, it's funny too because, like, my assistant and my art dealer, mm -hmm. um, who I like, I guess, work closest with. My assistant's name is Lizzie, and my art dealer is Arushi. And if you follow me or you like keep up with my yeah. stuff, literally everything I do is with Arushi and it's amazing because it, it like mm -hmm. creates a space where I can kind of like 
just create and mm-hmm. she gets to to her and my assistant get to handle the rest of the stuff mm-hmm. which is great but that's kind of where I see like the personality differences mm-hmm. and stuff because it's like literally like the way that I look at everything and like do everything is like how you would think a typical artist does just like very like like you said fluid mm-hmm. and then my assistant and my art dealer are like the complete opposite like mm-hmm. they're both like very like like this 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 and I'm like okay whatever so <laughs> it's funny um but I think it's really interesting that's something that like really interests me about people in general is just to see like I guess people's different ways of expression and and like problem solving and everything like that that's why I think yeah. school is so crazy because it's like you put people that literally can think like so differently and problem solve so differently and figure things out so differently you put them in a room and you're like here do this this way Mm. and I'm like a firm believer in like there's not one way to do anything there's a million ways to do everything so yeah I think Nancy would probably agree with me. Our, our chosen field of uh, nonprofit fundraising mm-hmm. is sort of straddles both worlds, right? I mean, yeah. we are in some ways uh, very linear that we have to follow processes. There's it's sort of a discipline. But at the same mm-hmm. time, we try and think expansively and, um, you know, think of new ideas and, and try to do things different ways and mm-hmm. be open to new ideas. And I, I, I wish there was more of that. I mean, I, I think the feeling I get when I see art that uh, that moves me in some, or hear music that you know moves me, is just like we need more of this in our lives. That this is mm-hmm. this is opening my mind to new things. It's, it's expanding. It's exciting. It is, um, and, and I think so many people get just caught up in the like, well, I just need to. To, to do, I'm making a sign here that no one can see <laughs> with my hands. But it's just you know, um, just just do the thing that's in front of me, and like, and then and then I'm done with it and move on. I I, I don't know how to explain it, but I, I just wish that we could be a little bit more. I, I think that's why artists okay. are so important to us, right? Yeah, and you know what? It's funny that you say that because honestly, I think that like people don't even realize art is literally everywhere. Like yeah. different forms of art is everywhere it doesn't matter like you this table that we're sitting at right now this this is somebody's form of art you know so and i think that a lot of things require creative thinking that a lot of people don't think like for example that's why i think nonprofit work and and um like philanthropy is so interesting because it really takes a creative mind to tap into certain things and it just, it's like a lot of things in life. Like it starts with an idea, which is a creative process. Mm-hmm. And then it's backed by the analytical side of things. Mm-hmm. So. So of yeah. course there's a wonderful segue in here as I happen to know you're, you're uh, dancing around with NFTs now and introducing that. And I, can you tell our audience what that's going to be about? Yeah. What are NFTs? First of all, is, I don't know. Does everyone know what an NFT oh. is? Yeah. Let's, uh, do you know what NFTs are? Please explain to us. Okay. <laughs> cause, cause I, um, I'm still learning, but, um, NFT stands for non-fungible token and how I look at it, it's like art, but in the form of cryptocurrency mm-hmm. and you buy NFTs with crypto and it's literally the craziest thing in the world. And it's so confusing to me and I don't understand it, but I will. And I'm learning. So, <laughs> but yeah, but that's funny that you bring up NFTs because that's literally this, the, like along the lines of, you know, it's starting with a creative idea and, and being backed by the analytical side of things. Cause the artist creates the NFT and then you cannot make an NFT without somebody who's good at math mm-hmm. and like, computers and, and, and stuff like that, all the things that I'm terrible at. So it's, um, yeah, it's definitely interesting, but, uh, my NFTs are going to be hopefully, 
as of right now, releasing in um, December. So I'm doing a um, print release and NFT release on um, the 9th of December, I think it is. And um, my NFTs are going to be perfectly aligned with my paintings. Um, they're not going to be of my paintings. I'm kind of getting more into like the character development um, side of things to create something that's like, you know, I can make like figurines out of and and kind of like expand on that side of things. Um, but yeah, it's going to be really cool. And then the person, this is part where I'm just learning too, but the mm -hmm. person that buys the token NFT mm -hmm. then owns a portion is that what it, how it works um i don't we may, we so, may all need to have a little well. yeah so basically like when when somebody buys the nft the artist will still and and like the creator so mm -hmm. for example like my team um like we'll still you still own like a royalty in the nft so as it's bought and sold which is very cool because in the art world i don't know if a lot of people know this but like once my painting sold, it's sold. You know, I don't, if it sells again for like triple the price, I'm not making anything off right. that. So, which is why the art world is so like political. Um, but uh, yeah, so with NFTs, like you hold like a royalty, but the person that buys the NFT, they own, they own it until they want to like sell it again if they feel like it. And then if they do sell it, usually like when the price goes up, then um, they'll sell it and they make like whatever off mm -hmm. of their sale and then um it's like trading mm -hmm. and then but the the makers of the nft hold hold a royalty which is cool it's so. just so that i'm clear the your artwork exists only in the virtual realm it's a digital yeah it's piece. a yeah it it's digital it's not there's no physical manifestation of no. it literally you can't touch it it's just yeah. it's if, on you, your if you want to enjoy it yeah you view it on you could put it on like a lot some people i know put nfts like on tvs you okay. could put an nft on a tv and just have it like playing okay. i guess there mm -hmm. um some some nfts are animated which are cool but mm. but yeah so it was actually my i in my head when i like literally didn't even know what an nft was and then my art dealer was like we should look at making nfts and i was like you're smart. What is an NFT? <laughs> and then I, um, I kind of knew already, like I knew of NFTs. I just didn't really like understand them like that. Um, so yeah. And then my, our dealer who is brilliant, um, she was like, yeah, let's make NFTs. So I was like, okay, cool. And then we kind of started like brainstorming and stuff. And then now we found our team and everything. So it's cool. It's a whole new world, literally a whole new world, but I'm yeah. all for it. Cause I'm, yes. I'm definitely also all for like exploring different um avenues especially mm -hmm. as a creative i think it's important to explore different you know ways of like expanding your brand and um getting your art to be seen especially mm -hmm. if it has like a message behind it and stuff um yeah so, it's cool. so does this have the potential to democratize art to make it more available to people or is this um I don't know, because NFTs, yeah. like, you can buy an NFT for, like, five bucks, uh -huh. and then NFTs go up to, like, I don't know how much, a lot of ETH. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, I don't I don't know. You know, I think, like, with the internet in general right now, yeah. art is a little bit more accessible, accessible to everybody, mm -hmm. um, which is great, but, yeah, I don't know how to answer that question. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. So, it'd be kind of related is, since we like to talk about change, um, how 
how do you also see the art world changing? I'm always curious about women who are a generation below me or so, um, you know, how they're seeing the difficulties or the change that may be happening for, you know, female artists. Yeah, you know, um, I think that um, the art world has always been male dominated um, in terms of artists, art dealers, um, galleries, like on the ins and outs, collectors even. Um, and I think that now we're kind of transitioning into a time of where, you know, when female artists have more um, opportunities um, and ability to just like express themselves and not be questioned for it. Um, so I do, I think the art world is like, it's like a slow change, but it's definitely changing. Like I think now there, I don't know what the percentages are now of, of um, like artists in the, in like selling artists who are actually selling their work. But um, I know that like a while ago, it was like 3% of, of um, people in museums and galleries were women, hmm. 3%. Wow. <laughs> which is insane, but yeah. I know that was a while ago, so I'm not sure what it is now. But you mean being shown in museums and galleries? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was like 3%. But now, like, I think that um, it just takes, like, I guess the new generation now of of artists and art dealers and stuff to, to make that change. You know, I think it's, it's like, within the system. I have – my art dealer is, is – the youngest art dealer in the world right now. She's 25 and um, she is amazing and is doing a lot with female artists, which is great. Um, so I think that that change, and I think, you know, I think galleries are also a little bit more eager to have female artists. Um, so I hope that kind of like sparks a, a ripple effect, I guess, in the female artist community where like more artists, female artists are, you know, confident enough to be like, I could make it in this world. You know, I remember conversations, you know, even 30 years ago mm -hmm. where um, female artists and galleries that I knew, particularly in Boston, um, the conversation was along the lines of, well, we can't really invest in a female artist because she's not going to create work her whole career. Yeah. She's going to get distracted with the family or amazing conversations really? were happening um, <laughs> around that. That's why I think so uh, much energy went into the male artists because there was a perce perception <laughs> that they would continue uh, throughout a career. I'm so dead. have you That's ever, funny. have you ever had that conversation in your lifetime? No, That's I would hope that I wouldn't. I'm glad it's it would going, not. going, gone. <laughs> yeah. I, I would hope that I wouldn't because it would not go very well. Yeah. <laughs> it would not. Well, um, Ed will appreciate this. Even in the nonprofit world, I remember an organization I worked for same time frame. We were interviewing capital campaign consultants. I was on staff and we had a male CEO and we had a male head of the development committee and when we were done with the interviews and we were looking at who we might go with, the obvious candidate to me was this amazing woman. And literally the development chair said, um, no, we can't, we can't go with her because we need to go with a man because he's probably taking care of a family. Uh -huh. And you're like, oh my God, and no one's thinking oh about God. this could be a single mom or who cares, I right? always I always say that I like wish I was born in like the 70s, 80s because I just love that the like everything about those times in terms of like fashion and like uh -huh. 
art and everything like that. But I have to say, thank God I was not because. <laughs> well, it made me the radical I am. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, only thank God I wasn't because I can't imagine like. Uh, I just like I feel I really truly feel for for the females in any area of work, whether it's art or, yeah. you know, anything from those times. Cause it's like, it's just craziness. It's like, yeah. Well, Especially it's, that like taught perspective of yeah. women should be at home taking care of mm-hmm. a family and men should be working. Like, yeah, that's insane. And I know a lot of men that probably would love to just stay at home and take care mm-hmm. of a family. So yeah. <laughs> well, I just, it's so wonderful for me to, uh, to really hear these conversations about, you know, women are pushing and exploring and making things mm-hmm. happen in the art world as they are in other sectors right now and um, expressing things that are foremost to their interests, which yeah. I can identify with. And um, I think that the Ooh. audience of female collectors will grow as as they are in our donor world. They're mm-hmm. growing. They're, they're creating influence. So... Mm-hmm. You had a wonderful time, I think, to just keep pushing that kind of conversation forward and bringing this incredible, um, expressive view that you have, you know, mm-hmm. to to so many of us. Yeah, um, I think it's like one of my biggest like points of painting. Also, mm-hmm. is just to I want to like inspire those little girls too, who are mm-hmm. like, like, because for me especially, like when I was like seventeen, eighteen, when I was like graduating high school which I did not graduate high school on time. But um, <laughs> when I was graduating, I was like, okay, I need to figure out what I want to do because I'm not going to be able to make it in the art world because that's just like what society teaches you is like mm. artists are starving artists. And so don't get me wrong, I had my period of time where I was a starving artist, but I think those times kind of breed for, for successful artists. But um, I definitely was intimidated a little bit by the art world when I was um, first starting. That's kind of why I stayed like independent for a long time. And I didn't have an art dealer or anything. I just literally sold everything myself. And um, yeah, it was like on route to open my own gallery and everything like that. Cause I was like trying to avoid the art world at all costs. Cause it was, it was threatening kind of, cause it was a, it, it makes it feel it sometimes as an artist feels like impossible to like break through and on top of that, like when I was younger, especially I was like, it's mostly, it's like mostly male Mm -hmm. dominated the art industry. So it was scary, but I think, you know, if like staying true to yourself and your, your creative expression and stuff is like definitely key. And I just want to inspire those kids who are like, I can't do it. Like, yes, you can. (laughs) Well, I know you are. Yeah. (laughs) Lindsay, this has been a great conversation. We really appreciate you taking this time to be with us Um, and I know our audience really um, has enjoyed this Um, as our own agent of change please catch us at www.yourchangelab.com coming soon um, where you'll soon find some fun educational gamified courses making a difference at the nonprofit community if you'd like to check out Lindsay's work and you absolutely must Mm -hmm. follow her on Instagram at at it's Lindsay Dawn and at Lindsay Dawn Studios. And for sure, check out her website, www.lindsaydawnstudios.com. Lindsay, again, thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me. This was cool. We're <laughs> thrilled. You know we are. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, anytime. <laughs>